Hi everyone, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Immigrants Life Podcast, where we share stories of people who left their country to chase a better life. I'm Daniel DeBiasi, and in this episode, I have the pleasure to chat with Daria, who moved to New York to chase the American dream, and so far she's been doing great. Daria is a fitness and nutrition expert. She made a name for herself in Ukraine to the point where she even went on TV. When she moved to the US with no English and no qualification, she had to rebuild her career from the ground up. She has now multiple degrees in her field, but she's still pushing the boundaries of what she can achieve. She is a real hustler. So, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Daria. Hi Daria, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Hi Danielle, <laughs> thank you for having me, I'm so excited. <laughs> Sweet, it was a pleasure to having you. Thanks for accepting my invitation. Oh, it's my pleasure. Awesome. So, uh, where are you from? Uh, I was born in Russia and I moved to Ukraine when I was eight years old. So, I grew up in Ukraine. Okay. So, I and consider then, myself, like, people now ask me, like, you, oh, you're from Russia or Ukraine and who you can, like, you know, associate yourself with. And because, you know, there's a tension between Russia and Ukraine right now. But I think I'm both because I have a, a relatives from Russia and Ukraine. So, both countries are really close to me. And I think. They're really similar. There are differences, obviously, but yeah. Okay, I'm a little bit ignorant. Do you speak the same language or is it slightly different? Oh, it's different language. So like in Russia, we speak uh, Russian and U- Ukraine, Ukrainian. But because of Ukraine was part of Soviet Union, uh, all people know Russian. And it's also weird uh, thing that one part of Ukraine speaks Ukrainian mostly and another speaks mostly Russian. However, the national language is Ukrainian language. But Russian people uh, do not understand everything in Ukrainian. It's pretty similar, but it's not the same. There are still some different words you have to get used to. it. So when I moved to Ukraine when I was eight years old, I had a difficult time at first when I went to school because I couldn't understand and read and all of this. So it was pretty interesting. I had to go to my neighbors. They were like old grandmas because we moved to a rural area. And uh, they had to go to them and ask them to help to translate my homework i didn't know like what i was supposed to be doing so they were helping like at, you know five grandmas they also probably didn't get an education because like like really really rural areas i mentioned and they were translating uh this to uh from uh ukrainian to russian that i did my war- homework i've been doing uh, like i was doing on in um uh, russian and then we're translating back uh, uh to ukrainian so it was crazy <laughs> <laughs> sounds a lot of work yeah but then you know as a child you learn fast so it wasn't a problem in uh, like probably six months oh, okay but at least the character of the alphabet is the same isn't it right? yeah yeah it's it's easier definitely it makes it easier okay okay good and where do you live now uh, now I live in uh, New York, United States. I uh, moved here six years ago. Okay. So six years ago from, uh, from Ukraine straight to, straight to the U.S.? Yes, yes. I moved from Ukraine. I used to live in one city in Ukraine, which called Zaporozhye. And then, um, I've, you know, I got divorced. I had my personal things going on. And uh, I wanted to have a change. And I wanted to move to the U.S., but I wasn't sure that I'm ready because dealing with, you know, going through divorce and, like, personal drama and then moving to another country, it seemed like a little bit too much. <laughs> so I decided first to move the capital of Ukraine, Kiev. Uh, 
And it's a beautiful city. I love Kiev. And I moved there and I lived there for seven months, but I didn't feel much change. You know, it's like uh, the city I used to live, it's like a small village. And uh, Kiev, it's like a big village. But uh, nothing has changed, basically. Like, oh, everything was the same. I didn't feel challenged. And then after seven months living there, I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to make the move. And, and I did. <laughs> Yeah, now you're in uh, New York. Is that New like, York. feels like a big village or still looks feels like a city? Do you know? Right now it feels like a big village. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> because it's empty. Nobody's here. Oh, it's so okay. Cold. It's so cozy right now. But when I moved to New York, it's definitely different. I had a change. Like I experienced a huge, major change in my life, and New York is amazing and beautiful in so many different ways. And it's definitely different. It's not a village, but if you live uh, on the island of Manhattan, as I do, and you go to the same places and meet people, you keep seeing like the same faces and you're getting to know uh, people better and you keep seeing them all the time. And the weirdest thing ever, uh, when COVID happened and there are no, no tourists in New York right now, I keep meeting people I know all the time, like in the different random places. Like it's probably because less people, so you can notice people you know, you can see actually them like, hi, oh my God, how are you doing? But also, like, I'm a runner. I run in Central Park almost every day or ride a bike. Also, every day you see the same people. So it kind of feels like a village after a certain amount of time. However, you know, because New York's so diverse and different, it, it's never the same experience. Yeah, that's that's what, that's the other thing I heard about even in Vancouver. They say it's like people from Vancouver, they say it's not like a big city. But I, like you, I came from like a small village, more like a small town in Italy. And for me, like a Vancouver still feel like a big city. And they say, yeah. but if you are stay in one side, every single part of the, the city, every suburb is kind of like a, um, its own kind of like a village on its own. But probably because I haven't lived here for that long, I don't still, I don't feel that yet. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 I'm, you know, I can relate definitely. And I'm sure in a big city like Vancouver, you always can find something to do. Like, you know, in comparison to a small village. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I miss I miss that feeling. Like you go out, you see the people, you know people. You, I don't know. Like in my own town, I was used to go to like a, the, the same bar. Yeah. And you don't even have to call your friends, whatever. You, when, it, when it's time to go out, you go to the bar, you, you find somebody there. I, yeah. I kind of like I miss that, the, the situation, that feeling. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you're saying this. In New York, I had this situation all the time, even before COVID. You go to the bar and you meet people because probably people in New York are so diverse and people, a lot of tourists coming here and, and even local people are so open to talk to you. I could go to a bar or restaurant by myself and I always had an amazing conversation meeting people. And I never, you know, this is a like, very interesting thing about New York. I never feel felt alone here. Some people feel very lonely, but I never felt alone lonely because people are pretty friendly. You can go on the street, especially in the morning, all the, like, you know, this construction guys or uh, trash drug drivers, they say hi and they just random people in the park and tell you, say hi. New Yorkers are not as friendly as people, like, let's say, like, you go to California or you go to southern states but still you know i kind of feel especially if you're local if you go to the same like bars and restaurants um people get to know you and then they even remember what you like what you don't like so it kind of also feels very warm and nice and cozy <laughs> yeah i'm kind of surprised because i always heard that people uh, in, in new york are not really friendly so what you describe it feels like it completely depends. different from, from my <laughs> ideal in new york it's, 
It depends because, you know, people in New York are rough. And, um, you know, you can, instead of good morning uh, here, uh, F you <laughs> sometimes. Uh, and uh, people have no time for, uh, like, you know, BS and other things. However, in general, you can meet a lot of friendly people. And as I mentioned before, because New York is so different, there are so many different people here. And some are nasty and some of them are very nice and sweet. Um, and why did you leave your country? Uh, it's very interesting question why um uh, i came to the u.s a couple of times before i moved here and I, when i came here for the first time for me it was a mind-blowing experience it felt like i came to the different planet and uh, um very funny i came first time not to new york i came to florida and, and very like also like small town in florida but in general just quality of life and everything else was so different than in ukraine and I was very happy to be here, and I be, you know, began f fantasizing about moving here. But I couldn't because I had my life in Ukraine. I was married. I, you know, had work, and like everything, all, entire life was in Ukraine. Uh, so we came with my ex-husband a couple of times here. We traveled, so I've seen different uh, cities, including New York. And um, then, as I mentioned before, we got divorced, and I realized nothing's actually keeping me in the country. But uh, I wasn't ready to move, and then I moved to Kiev, and it was very interesting because, like, I had a good career and work, and like my nickname as a fitness expert, and I was um, like on TV, and like not, not like a big star, obviously, but you know, pretty um, popular there, and had a good life. However, I found myself spending probably two weeks out of four. Uh, being somewhere not in Kiev, so I kept running away from myself. I kept traveling, kept going like in Europe and somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. And um, I came. I remember this day. I took my mom to Montenegro for a, a vacation, and we went to this like uh, trip to the lake. And we were driving back on the beautiful road, and I was uh, looking at the sea, and I was thinking and reflecting, and then I realized that. I'm not happy. I'm like, I have everything kind of, but I'm not happy. And uh, I, it's time to realize my dream and move to the U.S. So this was the time. And I uh, told my mom and I bought one way ticket the same day. <laughs> and I gave myself deadline uh, one month and a half to prepare for the move to like sell everything, to let go my apartment, to like, you know, give away all this stuff. So, yeah. This is uh, was the reason that just I wouldn't have a change. I I felt like you know I love Ukraine. It's a great country. However, the government is so corrupted, and I didn't see any future. Not for myself. Not also for my future kids. I know it sounds weird that I'm like a single woman without kids thinking about kids, but probably it's uh, on uh, you know instincts or something uh, help us to think about it that. Uh, if we want to reproduce ourselves, what future I want to have for my kids. And when I came for the first time to the U.S., I look around and like, I want my kids to, you know, grow in the, and being raised in the country like this when you have a good quality of life, freedom of speech and, you know, other things. And uh, when I was moving here, I knew it was going to be hard for me. But I was thinking about my future kids are going to say, Thank, thanks, mom. <laughs> you, you moved to the U.S. So, and, um, you know, I decided to take a risk and I had zero regrets about it. 
Awesome. I have a couple of questions. First of all, you said that when you took you got a ticket, a one-way ticket, it was you was it where you were with your mom, right? Yeah. How did your mom take the uh, the decision? <laughs> This is a very good question, probably, you know, uh, based on your experience. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, when I came for the first time from U.S., and it was probably like four years or five years before I moved, I told my mom, Mom, oh, my God, this is such a beautiful country. I want to move there. He was hysterical. He was crying. She was crying. She was like, seriously, she didn't take it well. She's like, what are you gonna, what I'm going to do? And then, you know, I kind of prepared her for this uh, thought and idea over years. And when the time came, and also, you know what helped? Uh, she started travel a little bit with me, and I showed her a different world, and she realized that uh, some things are much better than just, you know, taking care of your household and saving money to buy a new, like, a uh, dishwashing like, thing, a machine or something else. Uh, she realized that it's going to be better for me and... Uh, Hopefully one day when we have a better political situation and everything else, I'll be able to bring my mom here. This is my obviously, of course, goal eventually when I can. And, you know, it takes time and now it seems like nearly impossible with the current situation, but we'll see. So she took it well. She took it well, but, you know, it took me like four or five years to prepare her <laughs> for this moment. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, no, because of my experience, I did have four or five years. I... I think I I applied. She didn't even know I applied for the visa to go to New Zealand, and I kind of like annoying, not really knowing what I was going to do. And I think I got like a more scared when actually got approved. In fact, I remember telling my friend like, "Oh, oh I think I did something, a stupid thing." <laughs> like, "What did you do?" Like, "Yeah, I applied for the visa in New Zealand, and they approve it. So I guess I'm going to New Zealand." So I told my mom I had like a time like in three or four months, I was ready to leave. And she didn't even really know where New Zealand was. When you look on the map, like, Daniel, really? Can you find like a closer <laughs> place? Like, mom, see the bright side. If I move from there, everything else will be closer. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> in oh. fact, when I got ready, I bought a laptop. And, um, you know, when you order things online, you can have like a... Um, um, like a gift, like a wrapping gift that he can give mm -hmm. you like yeah, a, yeah. Um, uh, a message. So I've wrapped my own thing. Like it was, was, was for me, but I was like, <laughs> okay, I like a present. So let's, let, let's wrap it up. And I put like a, a quote on like this message on, uh, and I think the quote, it was in Italian, I was paraphrasing. It says, um, don't cry for me that I leave, but think that if it's raining, I went to see the sun or to search for the sun or for the yeah. sunshine, something like that. I and love it. And she still has it to attach on, on the fridge in, uh, in oh, Italy. Oh, it's so sweet. You know, Italian moms are special. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it's so sweet. I love the story. Thanks. And how easy it was for you to move to the, the U.S. and get a visa and, and stay? It's not, it's not, it's not easy. Like, you know, um, it's easy probably for people that like, get married here going like, you know, meeting someone and, uh, winning green cards, which is, you know, I played so many times, never won. I'm like, you know, my, my, my way is more complicated. It's complicated. I did a lot of, you know, like, I don't like, uh, discuss like immigration process only because I made so many mistakes myself. And I always recommend people to hire a very good lawyer and because very good lawyer will help you to understand your situation and what you can do. Like in my case, like I'm still on my way of getting green card 
And if I wouldn't do the mistakes I did in the beginning, if I would have a good lawyer, and which I didn't, obviously, uh, you know, I w- it would be much easier. I would have already green card and everything be all set before, you know, before the current situation when everything is <laughs> got way slower and people are waiting forever for interviews. Now it's just like unbelievable what's happening in the last four years. Um, and I don't know what's going to be happening in the next four years. I'm waiting for November uh, for our elections. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, w- it wasn't easy for sure. And like a lot of my friends, it's not easy for most of the people to immigrate here. And now it became nearly impossible because the new rules and, uh, you know, anti-immigration policies, uh, you know, that are being lobbied by our president and everything else. So, yeah, it's still, you know, it's complicated. So I'm still waiting and everything backlogged now, especially with COVID, everything got worse. Like I was hoping to, you know, to finalize everything like this year, but no. <laughs> Nothing is happening this year for sure. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so either. But how did you? So when you moved to the US, did you have like a, some kind of permit, or you went as a as a tourist? Oh, I went as a tourist, yeah. And then you go on the journey, and this is a journey is complicated <laughs> because you know because the thing is, I decided so fast, and for me, it was no other. Uh, way to come here and I spoke to a couple of my friends and like to the lawyer and they say you know you can come you can do this and that so there are like you know different options used to be now it's actually like way complicated and also I gave myself such a short period of time like one month and a half and I had to even change the tickets because before uh you know when I was there getting ready to depart to the U.S. Uh, the Russians, uh, uh, you know, remember shut down this uh, airplane. They were flying to Europe with like civilians. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, if you know this or not, but it was like really horrible event. And I was so scared that they're going to like close Ukraine and don't let anybody like fly. You know, it was a very difficult time. Like I lived through two revolutions in Ukraine and like it's really, really some crazy stuff was happening. So I changed my tickets to two weeks earlier. I had to like, I need to, I need to leave the country because it's getting crazy. And it was like really scary time because the war between Russia and Ukraine was uh, like on the South escalating and the revolutions. And then, you know, it just, uh, you know, it's hard to even think about it, but it's still, it's still not situation didn't improve in Ukraine. It's very sad. Okay, but um, just for just for, to understand, because most people that I interview and most people I know, they moved to the new country and they need to find a job. In your situation, it was a little bit different. You had your own career, right? So you, you were able to continue your career that you had in, in Ukraine? Yeah, so this is one of the reasons well, like why I thought I can uh, you know, move here and, and feel comfortable, at least in the beginning. Because I moved here with no English. My English like was very, very bad, very basic, and I couldn't understand what people were saying and read. Um, I had pretty successful online business, like in fitness. I was helping people to create nutrition plans and workout plans. And you know, back then, six years ago, it was becoming so popular. And I have my online courses and everything else. So it was generating some revenue for me. So it was like good enough. Because before moving here, of course, I reach out to my friend that li- live here. Like we're not very close. For- we were in <laughs> Uh, close friends but you know I want to ask like you know how much money he spends on like on the groceries and uh, you know rent and everything else so he told me I calculated I'm like you know I should be good for the first whatever like time and also you need to spend on a lawyer and other things and then 
uh, also, I sold my car. I had some savings, obviously. So I brought it. It's not like I came here with $100. No, this is like not my story. But I came here with no English, no friends, basically, you know, and not very close people I would know, like no family. So I moved here and the first time I was doing this, but then, you know, I started learning English and because um, I'm a pretty good personal trainer, I decided to, um, you know, try to do something like this here. Obviously, when I got my work permit, like six months after I moved here and my uh, social security. So once I got this and my English got better. I started looking for clients, you know, and this is, a, it, it's been a, you know, it's been a process, it, especially I felt very shy and not confident enough to train people because my English and I was doing some like, you know, before I was doing some modeling and, um, you know, pictures, photo shoots. And, oh, uh, this is also, you could find some gigs to get paid. And of course, a lot of creeps also I ran into during this time because in here, like a lot of weird people, photographers kind of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a lot, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of like crazy stuff here in New York. And I was even working with uh, helping one photographer, like normal guy to run errands and do other stuff. So, you know, I, I, I was doing a lot of things before I actually was able to, uh, you know, find my, build a good career and find my path. Um, so it took me a couple of years. And also, meanwhile, I was doing this, I decided to go to school because I wanted to build a career here. And I realized my master's degree in Ukrainian language and literature <laughs> is not applicable in the <laughs> So I had to go back to school. So I went to uh, like study for TOEFL and and I passed TOEFL and then I applied to school and I had to pay for school, you know, but it's pretty, uh, it's not very expensive here, especially if you go like uh, a city uh, university in New York City, it's pretty affordable and they have like, you know, this payment plans. So yeah, but in the beginning it was, it was hard, you know, I had to do like different things. However, the fact that I had already some business that was helping me in the beginning, uh, it was really good. Um, the only one like downside, you make money like in rubles and grievance and then you have to spend in dollars. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's a huge difference. Yes. And uh, is that really the reason why you moved to, to New York? Is like a related to your business and you thought that was a good spot to, to start your business, to continue your business? So just because you like the city? Oh, no, no. I like, I like the city. As I mentioned, I had like a friend, not even friend. We knew each other. He's, he was working as a trainer too in the city where I was living in Ukraine. And he moved to the U.S. before me. And, you know, around that time, because it was such a bad time in Ukraine, the war and the revolution, everything else, a lot of people fled Ukraine to Europe, to the U.S. Uh, I personally know probably like seven people from my city that moved here to, to, to the U.S. And most of them actually moved to New York. So I moved here because he, he told me like, you know, come here for first, first like couple of months. You can stay with me. We were he was renting a basement apartment, like really horrible like apartment. But, you know, you come in there, you know, you, know, you have to pay a price. And, yeah. and I moved from beautiful, gorgeous, huge apartment uh, <laughs> with walk in closet in Kiev to basement apartment in Russian area in Brooklyn. And also. <laughs> So, you know, people move there, they don't speak any English. They stay their entire life. It's like a very weird place. So I moved there to this basement apartment because it was cheap. We could afford it. And I moved there because I knew him. He said, I'm going to, you know, 
help you out to introduce you to the lawyer and all of this stuff. And this is how our people, you know, immigrate. One person immigrates and then other and then another. <laughs> and then they share with each other experience. So and that's why I came to New York and I, I fell in love with the city. And I loved, I loved it before, but I spent like five days, like, you know, when my, during my second trip to the U.S. And I fell in love and I stayed here and, and I'm still here. <laughs> awesome. And how did you learn the language? Did you take oh. any courses or just like a, just talking to people? It's very, it's very funny. Uh, just talking to people for a couple of reasons. First of all, I didn't have money to go to like school to learn English. I had to, you know, work and make money, like doing other things I could, like a training and stuff. Also, uh, I hate going like to school physically. I, I'm very self-motivated. I like studying, I like learning online. So what I was doing, I was, first of all, I was watching Sex in the City with the subtitles. <laughs> so I learned a lot of, you know, phrases and language watching Sex in the City, which is a, one of my favorite shows. I don't watch TV, by the way, and uh, I watch only a couple of shows in my life, and this is one of them. And I watched it like four times, like all these six seasons. It's crazy. So I was watching Sex in the City, and then because I, I'm a single girl, I moved to New York, so I started going on dates. And the most important thing for me was just to stop being shy. It's okay to make mistakes. And uh, it's been so helpful because uh, people in America in general are, you know, you're an immigrant. If you try and they really appreciate it, they try to help you. So texting, talking to guys and uh, going on dates, talking in person really helped me to improve my English. And also I was uh, taking courses on the Coursera website Mm -hmm. with the subtitles. I was like, choosing uh, topics I like, like psychology or something else. And it also helped me a lot to build my vocabulary. So I didn't go into any classes, nothing. And for TOEFL, I prepared myself and I was shocked when I passed. And I was shocked when my highest, uh, like, you know, score was on the speaking part. I thought it was going to be the worst. And my, the worst was grammar, of course, because I didn't go to school. So it, it was pretty funny. But yeah, I learned it myself and because I had to. I wanted to go to work, you know, to make money, to study. And also when I went to school, and I went to school like in a year since I moved here, uh, like in a year I, w- I was already studying online uh, psychology. Uh, and it helped me a lot because psychology, you have to read a lot of books and all of this. And it, it was very challenging in the beginning. But, you know, as you go, you learn more and you, you become better. You know, it's true. I just, uh, um, as you said, like even I, when I moved to New Zealand, same thing. I didn't speak, I didn't speak English, and watching TV shows with subtitles was a huge help. Even though I was able, I got to the point where I was able to understand English speaker in the movie, which is American accent. Then I was oh. going out with, in, in New Zealand with Kiwis with uh, <laughs> just completely different accent, and I couldn't understand a thing, nothing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what did just happen? I couldn't understand everything in my room. I walked out of my room and I can't speak to anybody. It was kind of like a weird. And yeah. the other thing is, you said that you even studying helped you. Uh, but the other thing I noticed that you can learn uh, English. It's kind of like a, it's got its own different kind of languages because if you speak in a professional way, it's a different language than you speak with your friends. Like if you study psychology, the terminology that you use in a book is not some terminology that you, you would use in a normal conversation with friends, right? 
yeah, definitely. But also, you know, because I have, I, I had, and I still have some uh, career aspirations. Uh, it's important for me to learn professional English. And um, now I'm working. I changed my career. I'm working in the hospital, so totally different uh, area. So I'm not like I'm still training people on the side because you know in New York you have like two three jobs, hustle and bustle. Uh, but but my main job now in the hospital administration, and there I have to present and uh, lead the meetings and send the emails and all of this. And because I want to build my career, my English uh, has to be a professional and I think I need to learn more and there are so many things I can improve. Oh, okay. So the kind of like a studying that language was uh, useful in your career more than yes. actually in the conversation day to day. Definitely. But also, you know, in New York City, you meet so many interesting people and some of them very educated and some of them extraordinary with amazing stories. So if you want to hold the conversation with them and look smart and, <laughs> and impress them, so you have to <laughs> use particular language. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And do you have any regrets about leaving your country? No regrets. The only one thing, just say I miss my family, obviously, but uh, other than that, no regrets. I love the country, but here I feel feel home, and uh, it's it's very weird, right? Being like being raised in one country and moving to another, and calling this country like second home, but it it has became my home. Like New York, when I'm here, I feel so comfortable, and you know, I feel connected. So if you had to call a place home, which one would it be? New York or, or? New York, yeah, definitely. Right now in New York. And honestly, before it was weird. In Ukraine, I never felt like it's my home. It was like, you know, home, my parents' home. It's, it's you know, it's your parents' home. And I, I left my parents when I was 16. I went to school. So I was by myself since I'm 16. So for me, it's not a new concept of being like living somewhere and, you know, being a big girl uh, or haven't seen my family for a while. But then, you know, I never felt like moving from one apartment to another, even being married, living with my ex-husband, I never felt like it's like my home home. And here, when I moved here, I, I like, oh, New York, my home, I don't think I will ever call it my home. And then I realized after like probably three years or so when I went to like, I don't remember some other states, like I remember South Carolina or somewhere else. And I was flying back and I see the New York outside of, you know, the window. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I miss my home. I'm, I'm home. And now I feel like home, you know, just you just get outside and it's so you feel so familiar. It feels so connected, even with this like dirty subway and <laughs> and uh, some crazy stuff. Now it got a little bit worse than it was before. But then, you know, you're kind of okay with it. You know, it's part of your personality. Yeah, that's interesting. And what's the biggest upside about immigrating, about leaving your country? Uh, it's, I think, the opportunities because moving here... You know, they say New York is a land of, like America is a land of opportunities, right? And New York is a, also the city where, you know, all the, your dreams come true. But the thing is, only few people really make it here. When I came here, I was like walking around like, oh my God, you can feel, you can, you can smell the opportunities in the air. <laughs> and it's true, but you have to work your butt off so hard here. New York is unforgiving and New York is rough. You have to sacrifice a lot, uh, sacrifice a lot of things and not everybody is willing. And I wouldn't say 
it's for everybody. And I want to say when it's like, healthy in general, it's very difficult to maintain a balance and stay a normal person and uh, not to like working like crazy like 24 hours and, and you know, <laughs> running this rat race. You have to find your balance and, and it's always a challenge. However, there are opportunities. There are, as I mentioned before, amazing people uh, you meet. Uh, there are ways to grow. And I don't know if I'm going to live in New York my entire life, especially when I have a family. Uh, I don't see myself raising my child like in Manhattan, let's say, but you never know, unless I live in Park Avenue <laughs> or Fifth <laughs> Avenue in a huge, like, like I, or a townhouse somewhere, probably, perhaps, <laughs> with my backyard. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know, probably to move to suburbs, but close to the city. However, the, here... I grew a lot as a person uh, in many, many different ways and culturally and uh, mentally, like, you know, it really shaped me. And I came here as like, you know, naive girl and I became a like, strong, independent woman that knows what she wants. And, you know, it's been amazing transformation. I think the city itself contributed a lot to this. And did that contribute even uh, to grow your business, to improve your business? Yeah, you know, it it's very interesting. The immigration itself challenged me in so many different ways that I realized that everything is possible. Because when I moved here, I first I didn't have any plan. Like, you know, and I'm the person with a plan. I need to have a plan. What I'm doing, where I'm going. So I came up with like probably in like in three or four months after moving here with a plan that I want to go to school. I want to build a career. I didn't know yet what I want to do. Uh, but I had my eye on psychology because uh, I like helping people, obviously, like, you know, and personal training is a great career. I was making really, really good money. I was working in Manhattan. I have very wealthy clients. You know, they pay you well. However, I, 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 I never considered this as a career. I cannot imagine myself running around to my clients from like uh, Tribeca to Upper East Side, Upper West Side in my 40s and 50s. You know, you can make money, but also you depend on your clients. If your clients in the city, you train them. If they travel, if they get sick, if they get married or something else, you lose a client. Of course, you can get a new one, but you always depend on your clients. And this is not a good way of living and making money because one month you can make like $10,000 and another month you can make $5,000. You know what I mean? So this is not really a great way of doing this. So I want to have a steady career and I'm also very ambitious person. I wanted to challenge myself. So I decided to go to school, uh, study psychology. And originally I wanted to become a psychotherapist, probably. I don't know, because I like it. I like <laughs> so I went to school that when I was studying for TOEFL, I didn't believe that I can actually pass it because I was studying by myself. My English was horrible. And I passed it. And I'm like, okay, this is good. So when I came to school to meet with a counselor, I ask her, how fast can I get a degree? Because, you know, we're immigrants. We're coming to a new country at a certain age. I was in my late, late 20s. I had no time to, like, wait or think what I'm going to do. I want to act. I need to do this, this, and this. And she says, you can get your degree in two years. Uh, however, and it's a bachelor's degree because I had to start over. I have a master's degree. I had to do bachelor's degree again because, like, totally different. She's in two years, but, you know, it's full-time. I'm like, full-time? Wow. I'm like, no, I don't think I can make it. But then, like, you know, I'll try. And guess what? Two years later, I did it. I got a degree in two years, and then I realized I can do everything. It, like, immigration itself gave me such a crazy, like, strength, leaving everything behind. 
and come into the country and when things are happening for you, if you work hard, obviously, you know, and this is what I like about America. Like if in Ukraine you work hard and you're not guaranteed going to be successful because some, even if you build successful business, somebody can come and take your business if they like your business, you know, here, I don't know any person that would work hard and be like really, um, goal oriented, hardworking and, and never succeed. Everybody succeeds, you know, at some point. So uh, this happened to me, like I got a degree in two years, like, you know, it was hard, but I was also because I was working full time, you know, I became a very good, you know, trainer and I had a lot of clients. I used to have like eight clients a day. Like it was like insane. Uh, and also commute, like, you know, it's not only eight clients. You have to go from one client to another because I had like my clients. So then it, inspired me to like run a marathon and I run a marathon here. And then I realized like, you know, you can do like different things. So I think the immigration itself started this process when I started believing in myself more and doing like challenging myself. And at the same time, you know, what helped me a lot. I'm not setting any expectations. Like I want to get my degree in two years. If I don't get it, it's fine, but I'll try. And when you are not afraid of making a mistake or you're not afraid of uh, failing, but you're willing to work hard, like things happen. You're not afraid of trying, you know, and pushing yourself. So the same with a new career. It was like scary, you know, to go to the new area and start building your new career in your 30s. And it was like a little even down uh, from what I was getting money. But I knew I had to start like, you know, like not entry, but almost entry level position to build my career. But now after two years, I got a promotion, you know, and slowly I'm learning more and hopefully I'm going to build a career I want. That's, yeah, that's a great, great story. Um, I asked you before, uh, like a couple of days ago over the message, but I'll ask you again about your, um, your certificates or, or your um, degrees. Um, because what happened to me that I, when I, I start like a studying and get the certificates when I moved, when I actually emigrated, just to show that if despite I didn't speak the language, I wasn't able to communicate properly. I had like a piece of paper that showed that I knew what I was talking about. I knew I knew the job. Was that something that uh, that pushed you to get more degrees, or was uh, just? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think the certificates and education is important here in the U.S., especially if you're coming from another country. Like you're nobody. Like basically, like you, nobody needs you. <laughs> there are a lot of other people that want job. They were born here, raised here. They got an education here, right? And you're exactly. coming here like, oh, give me a job. <laughs> Yeah. So, of course, you need to prove. Like, when I came here, actually, I had as a trainer, I had already two certificates, American. I did it online while being in Ukraine with no English. I had to, had to hire a person who helped me to translate, like, you know, similar story with Ukrainian, like, ridiculous. <laughs> but I, I did it, you know. I had already a certification. So I, I could train people once. But uh, I, I like studying, like learning new things. So I kept getting, like, different certifications. But also... It did add it to my portfolio, to my profile, like my CV, more, you know, like the reputation that people are looking, oh, she got this and this and that, she knows this and that and that. So, of course, it has more, more weight to it, you know, and the people really look at you. And uh, I've seen a lot of people saying that, you know, that they considered my... Uh, um, like, you know, me as a personal trainer, because I have all these certifications, the same with degree, I would never be able to go to work at the hospital without an American degree with my master's degree, in international literature, no way I would never would get into, you know, this uh, field. 
And, you know, it's very uh, respectable. It's really great uh, area to work. And I only got it, you know, because I, I got a bachelor's degree somewhere to just to step into it. And now I'm going for MBA in healthcare because I know if I want to build a career and if I want to make money, I want to have in my mind, I have to get it because experience is important, but also degree is important. Why? Because I do know people that moved here, like say 20 years ago, they have a bachelor's degree. They don't have anything else. They got it here, but they're like super successful. However, 20 years ago, it was possible when you come here 20 years ago, get a degree and everything else, you build a career. Now, the uh, competition is so crazy. So you have to, especially you're an immigrant. So you have to have not only experience, but you have to degree and other things. So definitely, you know, it makes me a stronger candidate comparing to other people, let's say. And, you know, there are a lot of people to compete with. Yeah. Do you think like... uh because every country is different, but do you think like in the US, because you are an immigrant, it's harder, you start like from behind other people. So you have to prove that, you know, things you have to need to more have more qualification, more experience than to be in competition with the uh, people from the, from the US that they're born there. Certainly. I never felt much, you know, I had different experience. Of course, there were some uh, discrimination at some level, but in generally, I wouldn't say this. However, if you're coming to, you want to you be hired and there is a person that got a degree in, from American school and you're coming as an immigrant and your English is not great and other things. So most likely you won't be chosen, you know, this, this is other things. So you have to be really outstanding. That's why, you know, the really good people doing the really great America, the very high skilled professionals like doctors and uh, or pro- programmers, right? Like IT, IT guys and all of this. Uh, but if you're coming just, you know, with like regular degree and people like, uh, whatever, like, you know, it's harder. You have to be really high skilled and you have to have all this or skills or education or better both. Then you can be considered, you know, as a good candidate for sure. There is, you know, it's harder. <laughs> yeah, I agree hundred percent. And what was the biggest challenge that you had to face? Biggest challenge? Oh my, oh my God, so, so many challenges I had. Honestly, it sounds funny. My biggest challenge was to sign a lease for an apartment in New York City. <laughs> because when I came here, first I came and I was like uh, renting this apartment with my friend for three, three a month in a Russian area. And this is what I he rented through someone so you didn't have to have the papers. And then after three months, I decided, you know what, I want to move to Manhattan. If, like, if I, if I want to make it, I need to move to Manhattan. I always can come back to Russian area, but if I want to learn a language, if I want to find the clients, if I want to meet really, uh, you know, amazing people, I need to move to Manhattan. And to find an apartment in Manhattan, I didn't know that because I moved in my country. You just say, oh, I want this apartment. You move, you give money, and this is it. There is no lease, nothing. And here, I realized, I didn't know this. I realized you need to sign a lease. I have no uh, credit uh, history yet. You need to have a credit history. You need to have, like, this and that and then... And I didn't have anything. So, but I wanted to live in Manhattan. So I went through like really crazy stuff. And then finally, I found the one room with a roommate through Airbnb. So the girl, she was doing kind of long-term uh, rentals. And then I went to see apartment. It was like a really tiny East Village, uh, you know, very noisy. But I'm like, 
I'm taking it because I couldn't find anything. It was impossible for me. People say, oh, can you sign a lease with me? I'm like, what? What, 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 what is lease? <laughs> uh, so I lived with her for a year in this East Village apartment. And I was dreaming about my apartment. And by back, you know, by that time, I was already had a good credit history. I started building it earlier. I had some income I could prove and stuff. And also I had a friend who said he would be my guarantor. And after seeing 50 apartments and trying to apply to three or four apartments, I finally got a lease. And but it was so challenging. It was so hard, you even cannot imagine. So I would say this was the most challenging thing so far <laughs> for me. I know it sounds funny, but it's true. No, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. There's like a, these little things, especially if you. Uh, find a place, first of all, probably it's really expensive to find a place in, in New York, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's still yeah. expensive, that means there's like a, a lot of uh, demand. So yeah. there's more demand and like more candidates. I've never been to the US, but I heard that you need like a credit history is a really important thing you need to build like a, as soon as possible, like early on. Yeah, that's true. And there's a tr there's a trick how you can build it before even you have uh, uh, social security. So you can open in Bank of America. Probably someone can find this helpful information. Uh, somebody recommend this to me. It worked. Uh, so in Bank of America, you can open a credit uh, line, but when you put your money towards credit, it's like I don't remember the name of this program, but you know, you people can easily find out. So let's say I put there like two thousand dollars. And I use it my my dollars, but I use it as a credit card. So even before you have social security, you can do this. And once you get a social security, you already have a credit. If you've been doing this, you've been using because what's important to show that you can uh, use the money, take a credit but pay it back. So I was like buying groceries and coffee and other things. Like I bought and put money back. I bought and put money back. And I was like, but then by the time when I get my social security. I already had a credit, so you're not starting from like zero. So it was a really good advice. How long does it take to get a such as uh, what do you call it, like a social security number? Yeah, so, it was like in six months. You know, when I I got my work authorization, but you know, it depends. Like you know, what process person is going? If it's marriage or something else, so everybody is different. But you usually get it when you're like status approved or you're getting into like some kind of process. So you're getting social security and work authorization. And you know, the, the craziest thing for me about the immigration in the US, like, right, I'm still in the process and it's like very complicated and I have like almost zero rights before I get my green card. Like I'm nobody here, but I'm paying taxes. I'm paying taxes like everybody else and taxes in New York are crazy. I'm paying a lot of money to government and everything else. And it's a paradox and you're, you're nobody. Like, you know, you, you consider us nobody. You cannot do this, this, and that. And, uh, like, so for me, this is like one of the craziest thing about immigration here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, going back to the social security. So it, it was like six months because uh, you can get a social security number only when you get a, a permit to work, right? Yeah, I think I think so. Like you know, I, again, I'm like I'm not an expert on like okay. immigration process, but I think you you get it both the, together because once you get a work permit, then you can go work and you need to report your taxes and everything else is you know, and then you can open credit card like a real credit card when you have social security. Okay. Before you before you can open credit card, but you can open this one. I forgot the name of it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll look into it and I will just put everything in the show notes. Um, 
if you could go back in time, if you have like a, some kind of like a time machine, if you go back in time, uh, is there anything that you would have done differently? Oh yeah, I would I would get a very good lawyer, <laughs> immigration lawyer, and I would be already had a green card and going into like my citizenship. <laughs> this is the only no not this is not only one thing I would change. I wouldn't date one person too. There was the one psycho <laughs> I was dating. <laughs> he was really bad for me for my mental health. Bad, you know, uh, because I had like this bad relationship. Actually, I started running, so some good things came out of it. Uh, but definitely, I would move here. I would find a good lawyer. This is the only one thing. But, you know, even though it's frustrating that things are going, like, very erratic, I think this is my way. I probably have to go through this journey and not just get everything, like, so easy and, you know, and, and move into my life. So probably it makes me stronger. Who knows? Who knows? I'll find out. <laughs> and, like, in a couple of years, probably, we're going to reflect back. <laughs> yeah, hopefully in a couple of years you'll have a, your green card and you'll be Oh, good. yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Because that's a long, a long process because then you get a green card and before, before you become a citizen and have a passport, it's going to be years and yeah. years and years. Yeah, it takes a lot of time, especially right now. You know, everything just slowed down. Everything is backlogged. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, even like even people that get approved green card, they cannot green cards now. People that are about to become citizens, they're not, they cannot go to this, you know, this citizen whatever uh, ceremony. And, but, you know, there's political reasons. So people cannot vote. So this is another thing. So oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's all political. <laughs> but uh, we are suffering, of course, immigrants. Who else? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that's, that's why we are a little bit stronger than others. We are more resilient and we are willing to yep. do more than people born in the country because we, they take most things for granted, which I used to take the great things for granted when I was in Italy. And now because you live in a different different country that you have to work your butt off, as you said, to have the same kind of um, status and the same kind of lifestyle that people that are born here, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I met a couple of Americans. They were like really admitting this. They were saying, we have no clue what you're going through. And I know we're sure it's it's crazy. And when people tell me, oh, you learn uh, English so fast, your English so good, you probably have a talent for uh, languages. I'm like, no, it's not a talent. I came here, I'm hungry. I want to succeed. I'm like, I'm not going to sit and wait like around, you know, when it's going to everything happen for me. I came here in my late 20s. I'm 35 almost years old. I need to act fast if I want to still enjoy my life, you know, talent. Yeah, talent. It's, you know, it's hard work and greed. This is it. <laughs> this is all the talent. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with you. No, totally. Actually, I had a similar situation today. I went to the chiropractor and it was asking me what I was, what my plan for the weekend are. Like, a, yeah, I, I have to work. And this guy told me, oh, you're like a, such a, like a hard worker. Like, a, yeah, because <laughs> I, I'm afraid. That like, a, I don't know for how long it's going to take. I have my job because yeah. all the current situation, I don't know. I'm an AV technician. So mm-hmm. AV is like audiovisual is like a, the last thing that company needs in, in, in an organization. If the mm-hmm. company doesn't have the money, the first thing they cut off is the expensive TVs in the boardroom. It's yeah. so superficial. So I don't know for mm-hmm. how long. So I need to save I, I need to take care of myself. Because yeah, if, if I don't smart. have a job, they kick me out of the country. I'm in, here in the country just because of, mm-hmm. I, they need me for work. If I don't have a I job, see. they kick me out. So I need to have a plan B. And that's yeah. the kind of thing that, that, that fuels me and I think that fuels other immigrants like, like, like us that you don't have a safety net. If you find something goes wrong, you have to go, you have to leave the country, right? Yeah. 
So yeah, you can't afford you. to, especially if you are leaving your country for a good reason and you don't want to go back, you need to have a plan B and need to work your butt off just to stay in the country or to have a, a second chance to move to, to a new country. So there's, there's so much that things don't take for granted. They, they take for granted that they don't, they don't see it. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, even like in the last few months, even the, the Black Lives Matters, I don't want to become, like go into politics and go into it because I don't know much about it. But people like me, I never been to the US. For me, racism is something that I thought was something from the past, like people smoking on the airplane, something like, like that. Like I thought like, okay, yeah, it was something yeah. from the past. It's, and I had to go to, to this point and um, see these things in TV to figure out that it's actually something real. It, 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 oh, it, yeah. You don't know. You don't know until you see things like I, that. Come I like know. Clear. I, I agree with you. When I moved here, this was another thing. Like, you know, racism is what we see like on TV or like somewhere like, you know, re you're reading books. And when I came here, I was shocked to realize like the things that are happening here actually like on an everyday basis and just blew my mind and we're living in such a like progressive country like even other countries in the world right progressive countries but the racism are so widespread but i agree with you you're coming here because and you you're shocked with the, everything was happening like you can't believe that this is a real yeah i think i got the first like a shock i had when uh, i watched the movie um eden figures Mm -hmm. I don't know if you watched the movie. It's about like this woman at NASA. The first time they went on the moon, which was in the 70s, which mm -hmm. it was like, what, 17 years ago? Mm -hmm. And no, it was like 50 years ago. 50 years, yeah. And you think like my, like open-minded people and intelligent people, smart people, like people at NASA should be like a more open mind. But still, even back then, they had like a different bathroom for like mm -hmm. black people and white people. That's crazy. And it was just like, oh, even like a sitting on the, um, on the bus. They were like, I have to sit on the back. Mm -hmm. like, it's like crazy. I thought it was something for like, a, I don't know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, something like, it just like, honestly, it's just like crazy. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. I, wasn't, I, I didn't know that. There was things that are completely Same. off my mind. I just, I can't. I, I, I don't know. I can't really wrap my hand around it. Why people are racist against people with different color? Yes, I agree with you. For me, it's the same, you know. And and I'm glad actually, like, to be in New York and to be in America during these times because I can experience this and I can support and I can like raise my voice and like be at least the part of the movement in some ways. So obviously, of course, like you know, the, we're having this conversation. We will never understand what these people are going through, right? We can sympathize, but we will never understand. However, you know, it, it's great to be on this side, and you know, for me, it's really heart-wrenching to see a lot of actually people from Eastern Europe are, are racist and I'm not saying all of them but I see a lot of racist comments and on Instagram and my feed it makes me very sad too you know it adds up to like everything was happening here in America like and also in like an entire world and seeing also people are like people from my country or other countries like Eastern European like being racist this is a, even more painful for me yeah no you're right because I think at least from my experience uh, in Europe, in, in Italy, it's, I think we're going through a new wave of racism from mm -hmm. people moving from from other countries, going to Italy or France or whatever to find a job. And there's like a new racism growing up. And where I'm, I wasn't, I didn't remember like people being racist when I was a kid. I think mm -hmm. people start getting uh, more like a racist now. I don't, but I think it's just, that is just all politics. 
It's just like the mm-hmm. government, they put people against each other and, uh, and they create racism. That's the new yeah. racism. Um, I think in America, it's all about what happened in the past. I don't know much about it, but I think it comes from, 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 the, from, from the past, from the history. While yeah. in Europe is a new thing, I think that's completely politics mm-hmm. by, yeah. managed by, by the government. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for being <laughs> here. Thank you so much. It was really great talking to you. I also had a lot of fun and pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. And if people want to wants to reach out to you and want to see your work, uh, how they can find you? What's the best uh, way so, to find you? So the best way to find me now is on Instagram. It's uh, Daria underscore Carolina. Um, yeah, I have a website too, but it's in Russian, so I don't think people are going to use it. But I share a lot of stuff on my Instagram so they can see my life in New York and things I'm doing. So yeah, definitely this is going to be the best way to reach out to me or just connect. Awesome. I will definitely put your uh, your link in the, in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for being the, for being my guest today. Thank you, Danielle. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you find this episode interesting and maybe even got inspired by our story. If you want to support the show, you can share this episode and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And also, do you want to be on the show and share your story? visit emilianslife.com slash your story. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you in the next one. Ciao.